Hey, uh, guys, yesterday, uh, listen, if you were here yesterday and you're working on this property, I want you to stand up. Stand up. Come on. These guys came out yesterday. They worked out in the heat. And, I mean, they trimmed these bushes, man. They made this property look like an example that it should be. And I want to thank you. And I also want to thank Cecil. Cecil is responsible for all of the flowers and the plants out here in the front. I mean, this guy... He's got a green thumb, man. Hold your thumb up. Is it green? Yeah, there it is. I thought it was green. But uh, thank you for all you guys do. It's such a blessing. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about health and wellness. And you go, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh. And, and some of you, listen, this is not about what you can't do. This is to empower you for what you can do. And I'm in the health business, I've been in the health business for over 25 years, and I have personally witnessed so many people, great men, great women of God, who have lost their health only to lose their ministry, only to lose the life that they work so hard for. And so when I'm up here and I'm going to, this is a series that I'm going to be doing during first service. This is one of, of many that I'm going to do over the next few weeks. This is not to bring condemnation to anybody. This is to liberate you. This is to make sure that the life that God has given to you, that you take that life seriously. And you say, you know what? I've got pretty good health as, as compared to many other people. Do you know there's people that could not make it here today? Do you know there's people that are in hospitals right now just wishing they could come back, just wishing they could, you know, have a normal life again? There's people in in convalescent centers right now that they've lost everything. They've lost it all because they've lost their health. And so I want to really help you guys understand not only from a statistical point of view as to what's going on in the world, but I also want you to understand from a biblical point of view of what you can do to mitigate against the risk of getting disease in your lifetime. Some of you have have diseases and you're like, you know, but I already have a disease. I'm going to give you some information here today that's just going to help you understand that you are not your disease, you are not what's happened to you, and you have the most incredible force on the inside of you that knows how to regenerate your body. But it's going to require two things. One, nature. God has given nature to us to keep us healthy. He's given these amazing plants and amazing herbs and all kinds of things in nature to keep us healthy healthy to ensure that if we take that right balance of nature into our bodies, that our bodies are are able to be stimulated to heal and repair themselves. And the second thing is nurture. I think we just have way too much focus on the natural side of health, but we're not really understanding how a lack of nurturing yourself, being with yourself, accepting certain things in your life, but then also being able to not just be the guy with the whip that's just constantly whipping you to go harder, faster, faster, harder. You're not a human doing. You're not a human having. You are a human being. And so that gets into that nurturing side of yourself, accepting yourself for the way you are, accepting yourself and saying, you know what? I am created by God. 
I'm thankful that I would assume the majority of the people in this room were born healthy. You were born with, with enough health to just get up and, and start to learn how to walk, and I mean start making your way out into the world. And I just want to begin to speak for that gift that God has given to you and begin to help you understand how important that gift is to taking into the, the, the longevity part of your life. How many people know it's not worth living if you don't have the quality with it? My first job in healthcare, I was the administrator over about a 250-bed uh, nursing home. And um, I, uh, I got there. I thought, wow, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to serve the people that made my life what it is. I mean, I wouldn't have a doggone thing if it wasn't for these people in this place that busted their humps and went out and fought and did all the things that they had to do to give me the life that I had. So I thought, man, this is going to be fantastic. This, this is going to be the best job I've ever had. Only to discover the other side of this thing. Only to discover that people who, who had had a stroke or had a heart attack or had some major life event, that one moment they were living independently in their own homes, eating with their own silverware, enjoying their lives that they worked so hard for, but the very first thing that happens in a medical crisis like that is you, are, is you're, you're, you have to give over power of attorney for both your finances and your medical care. And immediately they start drawing off of your assets. They sell everything. They're going to sell the house. They're going to sell everything to fund that person's health care. It's extremely expensive on, on the financial side, but it's even more expensive on the quality of life. Because I witnessed these people come in and they would have to move into a room with someone they did not know. They could no longer eat. You would never realize yet how important it is to pick up your own silverware, open your own drawer that that, that silverware is setting in, and be able to sit down at your own table that you work for, and you sit at that table. You could be living, I mean, a very mediocre life, but I'm telling you the important things are those simple things in life. And I want to stimulate something in, in all of this congregation over the next few weeks. I want to stimulate something in you that says, you know what? I'm going to take care of this temple of the Holy Spirit. God's given me health and praise the Lord. There's things that I can choose to do. And I'm not talking about perfect health. I'm not talking about a perfect diet. I'm not talking about a perfect prayer life. I'm not talking about perfect anything. I'm talking about standing where you are, developing the awareness of how you are, and then start making the necessary changes to become better. Better. The... the, the the effect of improving the quality of your life over 60 trillion cells in your body is unbelievable. Little changes that you can do right from right where you are, little things that you can begin to do and say, you know what, I'm going to sanctify this body. It is God's, and I'm going to take care of it. You know what, I understand it's just a shell, but at the end of the day, I don't want to lose my ministry prematurely. I don't want to lose my life prematurely. I don't want to lose my freedom prematurely. I don't want to lose any of those things prematurely. 
Not only do I not want to lose those things, but I'm here to tell you as I started going back to school and started learning about natural health and all of the things that I did there, all these instructors, one after the other, kept telling me, well, as you start making these lifestyle changes in your life, because I hadn't made any of them yet. I was sick. I'll share that story later. But what I want you to know is they kept telling me that as you make these changes in your lifestyle, you are going to become hyper aware of other things that you're not even aware of. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm going to eat healthy and my body's going to, I'm going to know things that I don't know. Your spiritual walk will increase. I'm telling you <laughs> through my own experience and being a doubting Thomas on the front end of that thing going, no, my relationship with God is just as it is and it is awesome and it is great. All I can tell you is, as I started putting the right balance of nature and nurture into my body, my body started to respond in ways that I never thought were possible. So I'm not only talking about mitigating against risk of loss, I'm talking about what you're losing right here, right now. An intimate, deep relationship. You're the only part of God's creation that was created from the ground. Only part. Everything else was just spoke it and boom, it became. But for some reason, God said, and this one I'm going to create from the dust of the earth. And that's what he did. And I'm telling you, if I was the devil, and I thank God every day that I'm not, and I thank God even more that I have Jesus Christ because that's overpowered that little creep altogether for me. But what I want to tell you is that if I was the devil, I would separate people from the earth. And I would do that through their diet. I'm here to tell you that just because something is sold in a grocery store does not qualify it as food. Does not qualify it as food. And, and listen, we're going to talk about the 80-20 rule and some other things, and I'm going to help you. This isn't about not eating a donut. Anybody want a donut right now? I would love to have a donut. Praise the Lord. But if I'm not living on the 80-20 rule in my life, I'm not getting the phytonutrients from a whole food diet. I'm not getting the antioxidants from a whole food diet. I'm not getting all the benefits of, of fiber and enzymes and live food and all that the way God made it. If I'm not getting that to the tune of about 80% of my diet, I'm going to say no to that donut. I'm just going to say no. Some of you look at me like, you'd say no to a donut? Like, praise the Lord, this is a man of God. <laughs> he has great faith. It's not about, I, I, what I want to make this series about, it's not about what you're not going to do. It's what you are going to do. If something's not working, the idea of keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result is never going to happen. And I'm not talking about major changes. You know, sometimes with this health and wellness, we start opening it up and it's like, hey, everybody runs to the other side of the ditch. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, I can never eat anything unhealthy. Oh, I can never have an impure thought. Oh, I can never miss a prayer time. Oh, I can never miss my word time. There's no nevers in life. My goodness, enjoy yourself. Don't make it all about legalism. Just, just make it about a balanced life, the 80-20 rule. So let me go through some statistics, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about the 80-20 and why that's important. We have the highest cost of health care in the world in the United States of America. Highest cost. And you think, oh, it's because we have the best results. 
we have almost the worst results. We have the highest cost of healthcare in the world and almost, not all, not, not all the way, but almost the highest incidence of disease in the world. So you're paying for the best and you're getting somewhere around the worst results, right? Now let's just bring that to something that's realistic to all of us, right? So like, let's say you have a, a gardener that comes and clips your bushes, right? And he pulls the weeds and does all that stuff. Let's say that you're paying this guy more than anybody else. I mean, you're just thinking, man, I'm going to pay for the best. I'm going to get the best. But you get home, and there's weeds growing up out of the, out of the ground. The bushes are, are growing wild. Are you going to keep paying for that? Heck no. And I hope that you don't just keep paying the bill that you're paying right now. I hope you'll awaken to the idea that just because we say we're Americans doesn't mean we have the best in the world. Oh, Pastor Paul. Oh, have you no patriotism? Yes, I have patriotism. I love America. I love all of it because I have the freedom to choose my own life. I don't have to go along with what everybody else is doing. And I can get different results. 62% of all bankruptcies are due to a medical condition. 60, all bankruptcies. You're putting yourself at a higher risk financially by living in the lifestyle that you might be living in. There is a new disorder that has been named by the federal government. It is called isotrogenic disorder. And what that means is, is that the, the, that the disease that you now just got, got is as directly related to the treatment you have been receiving. It's an actual disease now. Classification of disease. That you would not have otherwise gotten this disease, but due to the treatment you've received, you now have this disease. You ever seen the commercials on TV? You know, they got some drug, you know, they're out in nature and they're skipping and they're having a picnic and, you know, life is all wonderful and, you know, they got this little rash on their arm or something and, oh, you could take this pill, right? And all of a sudden, that thing goes, the other half of the commercial is an auctioneer that gets on there. Hey, all the conditions that you could get. And, and death. I'm going, man, I got a rash, bro. <laughs> I got a rash, bro. <laughs> I'll take the rash. Thank you very much. Get me some aloe cream or something, man, put on, on that spot. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, you know, like all that could happen as a result of the treatment that I'm receiving. Long are the days behind us now, if you grab a hold of this, where you need to depend on someone who's not trained in any natural forms of, of stimulating your body to heal and repair itself. You don't have to accept a diagnosis and a treatment as your end all. Those days are gone now. And I'm going to tell you why. This doesn't mean you go off your medications for crying out loud. Don't do that. 
you got to find the transition from where you are to where you're going to go. And I wouldn't care, from my perspective, me, the guy standing up here, I wouldn't care if it took me a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade, or a lifetime to get there. But I will find the answer. I will knock, and the door's going to be open to me. I will seek, and I will find the answer to any problem that I will ever face in my life. I assure you there is an answer to every problem. I am not against allopathic Western medicine. I find that it is very useful. Do not take me to my clinic if I have a windshield wiper sticking outside of my eye. Bypass the clinic, please. Go directly to the trauma center and give me lots of drugs. Lots of surgery. I want all of it. Get everybody over there. All the experts. I want them all. If I've burned the skin off of my leg, take me to the Maricopa Burn Center. Graft my leg. Give me lots of drugs. Help me live. But when that system becomes the only solution to what you're dealing with, and I wouldn't care what it would be, when that is the only solution, you're handing the most valuable asset that you have, which is your health, over to someone else to make a decision for you. There are no drugs that can cure you of any disease. There are no surgeries that can cure you of any disease. Yet we will spend trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars, on those things. But there's more. Between the years 2017 and 2023, so we're in that gap right now, chronic Ill illnesses are going to increase by 42%, more than they are now. Th these are published studies of what's coming down the pike. And yet you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And yet you could make your own health and wellness choices, decisions every day of your life. You could say yes to this and no to that. You could, I mean, live a vibrant, healthy life. Healthcare today is costing us, is 17.9% of our gross domestic product. 18% of every dollar you're making right now is going into healthcare. To bring some contrast, in 1960, it was 5%. 5%. You'd think we'd be getting healthier. Hmm. This does not include costs associated with not being able to work. Costs associated with not participating with your family members when they're all off having their good times doing what they love to do, and you physically cannot do it. 40 to $50,000 are going to be spent in the last year of life for every person. So if you're married, start socking some money away. It's very expensive. Very, very expensive. There was a study done recently. There's a book called The Blue Zone. I encourage you all to get it. Um, lots and lots of great information in there. 
they did a worldwide study that said, we want to know where the people are that are living the longest and with the highest quality of life. Anybody interested in that? It's like, yeah, I want to go there. So there were five locations in the world that showed these characteristics. And one was in Sardinia, one was in Greece, one was in Japan, one was in Costa Rica, and the other one was actually in the United States and Loma Linda. And what they found were basically four things that were common to all of these things. One was a plant-based diet, stop eating when they were full, intermittent fasting. So that's all one thing. So diet, intermittent fasting would say I'm not going to eat anything after 6 p.m. and I'm not going to eat before 12 o'clock, okay? The second thing was exercise and relaxation. Getting regular physical activity every single day. Here in America, we sit at a desk. We go like this all day. That does not qualify as exercise. Good, solid, placebo-based studies have shown that if you get 10,000 steps or more in a day, you're going to live a very long life. The third thing was uh, community, spirituality, and having a tribe. So having a relationship with God was actually one of the four major things that was shared by all of these cultures in all of these areas. And the last one was having a sense of purpose. Having a sense of purpose. Having a reason to get up every day beyond the daily routine. Having meaning in their life. These were the four characteristics shown around the world of all the cities that they went to. It came down to only five locations, and those were the four things. Diet exercise, a relationship with God, and having a sense of community, and having a purpose. These are profound things because they are void of medicine. They are void of, and I'm not saying none of these people took them, it just wasn't one of the qualifiers for a long life with quality. So I want to live my life like this. I started here, right? And then I, I kind of matured and I got knew some stuff and I got into my 20s and 30s. I, I don't want to do this now. You see how long that is? I want to do this. I want to start as a baby. I want to get mature and all that good stuff, live a life. And then I want to kind of just a little, and then I want to go like that. I, don't, I, want the, I want the drop off at the end meaning my quality of life is still way up here and my longevity is way out there and at the end of my life, it just, boom, drops. I hate to tell you all this, but we are all going to die. <laughs> you are going to die. What was that movie that was in? What was it? What about Bob? We're all going to die. I don't want to die over a 25-year span. I, 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 want to, I want to be able to get up out of my bed, walk to my own bathroom, praise the Lord, 
You see what I'm saying? I, I, want, I want independence. I want a high quality of life. I want to I have resources. I want to have the ability to work. I, I mean, honestly, I hope I never retire. And I don't mean like, like I'm just going to work to work at a job. I just mean that I'm always going to be active doing something. Whether I'm making money or I'm, I'm, I'm contributing to the poor, or I, I'm going to be active doing stuff. I want to be sitting around, you know, well, honey, what are we going to have for breakfast today? Well, same thing we had yesterday, bowl Cheerios. <laughs> Can you imagine me in that life? There ain't no way. There ain't no way. But it's funny because I, 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 once upon a time, that was my thinking. That's what I wanted. I just thought that's how life was going to be. But guess what? The light went off. I decided, you know what, I'm not going to live a mediocre life. I'm going to set my, my sights on the stars. And even, if, even though I know I'm going to fall short of the stars, man, at least I got to the clouds. You know what I'm saying? Some of us, we just have our, our sights set to the ceiling. Praise the Lord. No, set them on the, on the stars, man. Like, and, and like get up every day and live as if you're going to do that. I have one goal in my life. One goal, and is to meet a great, great grandchild. Now, I don't have any grandchildren yet. I'll be coming up here on 50 before you know it. But you know what? It challenges me to become better every day. It challenges me to live my life at a higher level than I did yesterday. Or maybe I had a great day yesterday, and I'm going to carry that right on through. And so I just want to encourage you guys, start to set the course of your life. Start to say, no, God, God's given my body the ability to heal and, and repair itself. And, you know, with the right balance of nature and nurture, my body can do amazing things. But i got to give it to nature, and I've got to give it to the nurture. I'm going to open with this scripture because I think it's powerful. 3 John 1, 2, it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and all that may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It's all about this soulish realm. I'm telling you, to live the life you want to live, I'm telling you, run so deep in your soul that either says, I'm going to make it, or, guys, I think I'm going to get what Grandma got. And I'm telling you, it, it, that's the soulish realm. That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. That's driving the behavior. Forget about reaching for the donut, right? It, listen, there's something gone wrong deep within me. That's what Paul says, and I'm going to get into that later. The very thing I know not to do, I find myself, oh, man. Oh, man. But choices matter. Momentum is going to happen based on a series of moments. Moment-by-moment moment living that's going to create some level of momentum in my life. And hopefully the momentum in my life is something that's going to produce something great rather than something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Some of you in this room, you've gotten bad news from a doctor. You've gotten bad news from your financial advisor. You've gotten bad news about something. Praise the Lord, you know what it is. See, I, I, don't, I could care less. A doctor could come in and say, Paul, you got terminal cancer. We don't know what we're going to do. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, uh, appreciate it. 
um, where do you need me to go from here? And he would tell, he or she would tell me, I need you to go to an oncologist. I need you to go here. I need you to do that. Okay, great. I'm going to go do all those things. But I promise you, I'm not going to depend on that thing to get me well. I'm not going to do it. I will follow the doctor's orders until the Holy Spirit or my own body begins to heal and repair itself. Not dependent on what's out there. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, I'm dependent on what's already in here. What I will develop on the inside of myself that's in agreement with who I am in Jesus Christ. And this is the soulish realm that this is happening in. You see, I'm a spirit that has a body that has a soul. So that soul's stuck right in between the two of them. My soul is going to determine how much of my spirit I'm going to activate in my life or how much I'm not going to activate it in my life and set the course for this body to be healthy or not. It's all going to happen in the soul. So, you know, health is possible. Yes. Should we call the elders of the church to lay hands on the sick? Oh, my goodness, Yes. But I have a great friend who traveled with Benny Hinn for probably close to a decade. Incredible miracles happen. But do you know how many of those people maintain those miracles? The numbers are very low. They're very low. Why? Well, there could be disbelief. There could be, hey, that was just part of the service and I got touched and all this. No, I'm telling you, as much as it could happen right there with Benny Hinn, I'm telling you, it could happen right where you stand, right where you sit today. The same power that resurrected Jesus from death, by the way, lives on the inside of you. That is life. That is, that is a dunamis power that when you give yourself over to that thing, it has the ability to heal and repair your body. But you know what's better than getting a miracle by someone laying your, their hands on you and you getting well? Never getting sick in the first doggone place. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For your God brought you, brought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your, your body. You must honor him with your body. You must, I'm telling you, you could grab a hold of this thing. And l- listen, this is not about legalism. This is not about any of that. But to say, you know what? I have developed such an awareness out of this message that I am going to begin to give my body to God. I'm going to shape this thing. I'm going to make it do what God designed for it to do. Now, here's what I understand about grace, because I love grace. Grace will meet all my needs. It's, it's, it's unanimous supernatural favor in your favor. That, that's what grace is. But you know what I know about God? Is God expects you to do your part And wherever you fall short of the glory of God, and you're going to, man, I I promise you, you get on the course I'm talking about, you're going to be more aware of where you're falling down and all this stuff. You're going to be so acutely aware of these things. But what I want you to understand is, if I don't do my part, then what does God have to work with? What does he have to work with? 
But if I do my part and knowing that I'm falling short of the glory of God as I'm doing it, okay, God's grace will make up the whole gap for you. It'll make up the whole gap for you. But you are going to have to put that soul, I mean set it like a thermostat to say this is the course of my life. And I am going to make sure that I honor God through this body. I assure you that if I took, and I almost did this, but I thought, praise the Lord, I'd probably get struck by lightning. If I took garbage and started strewing it all over this altar, would you all stop me? I think you would. The altar of God's right in here. The altar, this is just carpet and wood. This is nothing as compared to who you are. And you've got to realize that the thoughts that you're bathing your mind in, you're bathing your body in those things. You've got to realize the food that you're putting in your body is bathing yourselves in that stuff. You give your body what it needs, I promise you it will respond in such a supernatural way because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is the dwelling place. This is the, the place where God gets free reign in my life. And I don't have to like it. I just have to become aware of it, whatever it is, and turn away from my whatever's not working in my life and just begin to make new choices. You say, well, what if I make the wrong choice? Who cares? At least you know now what doesn't work. Let that go. Then go on to the next thing. Well, what if that doesn't work? Well, then praise the Lord. You got number two that don't work. You're making progress is my point. Romans 12, 1 through 3, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. And I would, I would restructure that. I would say because of all he has done in you. The pattern of health is in you. Before you were even a thought in your mama and daddy's brain, that was there. It says, let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't watch TV, watch the commercials and see how happy they are by eating junk food. And then go do that. Listen. How many people in here do not know that eating an unhealthy diet would cause problems in your physical body? Does anybody in the room not know that? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I know that if I eat bad food that I might not be healthy long term. Does everybody know that? And th this is just second nature, really. I mean, what I'm talking about but if you're not careful, you'll get conformed to the behaviors and the customs of the people around us. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they didn't do that. They just, they, nope, I, I don't care. No, I'm not eating that. I'm not going to eat that. Nope, no, no. And it's funny, we call that a Daniel fast. I'm going to go into this later. That was no fast. They weren't fasting. 
That's made up. That's Christianese. I'm sorry. That is not fasting. They walked in there and said, that's all we ever eat. And they, and they said, well, no, but remember, there was a, a specific amount of time. It was because he wanted to make a deal with the guard. He said, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. If you just sneak this food in for me, I will show you how much smarter I'll be than all the rest of them, how much more in tune with God I'll be. And he attributed it all to this food. I'm, we're going to go deep into that over the next few weeks. And it says he was so smart. He was so insightful. He had so much revelation. No one in all the land could know what he knew. And it was because of the diet that he ate. And it was not a fast. It was a lifestyle. This was, God said, eat like this. Please eat like this. And they said, uh, okay, we'll try it. And all of a sudden, they experienced what I experienced when I started eating healthy food. It's like, wow, I have a lot more insight. Wow, my brain works a lot better. Wow, I have a lot more energy now. Wow, my, my conversations with God are like really incredible now. I'm not making this stuff up. But it says, don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a brand new person by changing the way... You think by changing the way you relate to what's out there. And I am out of time. Yeah, <laughs> y'all say keep going. I have been in the health and wellness end of healthcare for about the last eight years due to a medical issue that I developed that I had no idea I could have any influence over whatsoever. So it was only by these words. And I, man, I, I just feel so strong. I'm going to say the same words to you. So here I had this medical diagnosis and I had this friend that come into my life. He's a good doctor. And he said, so you've got X. I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And they said, well, he said, well, what are the doctors telling you to do? Well, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that, and I don't do very good on the medicine, so it's just like, you know, I feel weird, and then I feel like I'm getting these other symptoms, and I, I just can't do it. And he said, and he could just see the despair, you know, that I had. And it wasn't something that was going to kill me today, but it was something that would get me later for sure. And uh, uh, he said... Uh, we're having this conversation. He could just see all this doubt on my life. He could just see all this, like I'm dependent on something or someone else to give me what I need to live my life. And he used a strong word, the D word. Praise the Lord. I won't say it today. You know the D word. And he slammed his hand on the table. We're in a public restaurant. He said, D, what are you going to do about it? Like that. And I'm a grown man. I'm like, bro, don't be. <laughs> I'm respectful, but like back off. But you know what? Those words were so strong and so right on point for me. And I left that place, and I thought, what are you going to do about it? And that is what set my course to go get my doctorates and do all the things that I've done. 
is I decided that I was not going to allow something that someone else told me that I had to do to treat something that I had that didn't work for me, that that was all I had. I grabbed a hold of this thing, and I started going on my course. There was a time where I took all of my old allopathic Western medicine stuff, and I put them into boxes. That was step one. And I started to separate myself from this. I started to separate myself from all the influence of all the allopathic doctors. And listen, these guys are great. They do what they're trained to do. Okay? They don't get nutrition training. They don't get supplement training. They don't get all this other training. So these are not bad people. They're very good people. but They just don't know what they don't know. And I just want to empower you guys over the next few weeks. If you come out for uh, first service, I promise you I'm going to keep on this subject. I'm going to give you the tools where you can get healthy, you can get well. And, and, and listen, who knows what's possible when you get there. But guess what? Pastor Paul's not going to be there with you outside of these four walls. You're going to have to make those choices for yourself. And the more choices you'll make in the area of nature and of nurturing your body, I promise you, it will do what God has designed it to do. Everybody bow your heads this morning. I want to make sure that the greatest health and wellness opportunity is presented to you right here, right now. And that is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I assure you that by his stripes, you were already healed before he ever got the diagnosis. But you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. I want you to say this prayer together with me. And I want you to say it with all of your heart. There's some of you who've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity as you say this prayer. There's some of you that need to come back to Christ. This is your opportunity to say this prayer. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is, the, is Lord, you will be saved. So say this prayer together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. I just want you to slip your hand up and acknowledge that. Hallelujah. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Eyes open, looking around. This week, I just want you to...